With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is Avery After Dark, and I am your host, Avery Ross. I was going to take this week off, but uh, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I wanted to get you all a little episode to help you through the week. I know this episode is helping me get through mine. Today, I have a very spooky episode for you all, and that is the story of the infamously haunted and sealed shut Room 428. This particular haunting is in Wilson Hall at Ohio University, and it's really one of those stories, the more you hear, the more you're like, whoa. Let's get right into it. Our story is set in Athens, Ohio at Ohio University, and it's a classic all-American Midwestern town. The university is the ninth oldest public university in the United States, so there's a lot of history there. And the school is a popular choice for many, And on campus, you can tell. Dorms are filled to the brim with students. School spirit is alive and well here. But deeper than that, Ohio University in itself has been highly regarded as one of the most haunted campuses in the world. And this ain't just coming from me. Ohio University was one of the places covered in a Fox episode of the series Scariest Places on Earth. The university was established in 1804 and opened for students in 1809. And the number of paranormal encounters and creepy stories that have come out of Ohio University, oh, it's pretty shocking. But there is one particular dorm that has been the talk of the university for decades. And that is Wilson Hall, the most famous haunted spot on campus. From the outside, Wilson Hall looks to be just another stately college dorm. Aged white columns support the red brick building, and the streets surrounding it are filled with university students bustling on the way to classes. But Wilson Hall's fourth floor holds a dark secret, and that dark secret is room 428. The room is sealed shut. The inside of 428 hasn't been seen by students in decades. Students aren't even permitted to step foot inside the room. The doorknob will not turn. The window inside does not open. The only known case where an American university has sealed a dorm shut like this is room 428 in Wilson Hall of Ohio University. The school officials have proclaimed the room uninhabitable. But why? Well, there's quite a horror story to go along with it, so buckle up. Wilson Hall itself was built in 1964. And a few years later, in the 1970s, it all began. The time of free love, peace. What a time to be in college. It was move-in day, and a male student arrived to campus to find he had been assigned to dorm room 428 in Wilson Hall for the school year. This was a fun dorm at the time because it was the first co-ed experimental freshman residence on campus. So all the other dorms were for strictly women or strictly men. 
So Wilson's first and fourth floors were reserved for male students, and the second and third floor were reserved for the female students. My first year of college, I went to the University of Missouri, Mizzou, and I had an all-girls dorm. And I really liked it. I thought it was so fun. It was just like one big sleepover. And But I did have friends that lived in co-ed dorms, and I was like, ooh, spicy. I personally liked being able to walk around in my pajamas and with my zit cream on, but I wasn't there for too long because I didn't do well grades-wise, and that's probably because I didn't really go to class. I was majoring in Bud Light, if you feel me. I left after a year and a half and went to a smaller school where I did much better. But yeah, that's my experience with dorms. So that was kind of what was going on at Wilson Hall at the time. Everyone was very excited for a year of classes, socializing, making friends. So this young man moves into room 428, but unfortunately, it was a short-lived residence, and it ended in tragedy. He died in room 428 not long after move-in. The cause? Well, no one could ever really come up with a conclusion or ruling of how or why the young man died. One thing everyone did agree on was that it was very unusual. His death was mysterious in nature and no one really had an answer. For an 18-year-old who was seemingly healthy to just mysteriously pass away without any reason doesn't make a lot of sense. After this loss, campus authorities concluded that his death was horrible, a tragedy, but the university had to move on. The dorm had to be cleared out and assigned to a new resident. Things really escalated when a few years later, the dorm was assigned to a female student. This young woman was supposedly very familiar with the supernatural. She knew the history of the room and knew what happened to the young man there. It's said that when she moved in, she made use of the room's energy to practice occult, dark magic, using and harnessing the energy of the space to practice a method called astral projection, This is where a human spirit travels on its own after separating from the body. She was also consistently attempting to contact the dead. But one night, something went horribly wrong for her during one of these sessions. That female student was found dead, reportedly from slitting her own wrists. So now they have two students, both dying in these strange and violent ways, in the same room, merely years apart, both with suspicious circumstances surrounding their deaths. Statistically, the odds of that happening are pretty unheard of, and it's hard to chalk that up to just being coincidence. One thing everyone does agree on is that both of these deaths were, quote, violent and angry. There were also rumors that when officials went in to search the room after the young woman's death, they found a pentagram either drawn or etched into the floorboard. After the untimely deaths of these two young students, things started getting really strange. Anyone who moved in and lived in room 428 reported horrifying, unexplainable occurrences. Objects would fly across the room and smash into the walls. Students would hear disembodied voices, whispering, and if they attempted to ignore it, the voices would escalate into screams, even though there was no one else around. And the activity wouldn't stop. This went on for all hours of the night and day. 
Room 428's door would open and then slam shut on its own accord. And hauntingly, some reported seeing the face of that female student who had died in the room, her ghost, and she was apparently not able to leave. So the university is getting a lot of complaints about this room, and they're really attempting to ignore the reports of spiritual activity. But there was one thing they couldn't ignore. These really creepy, demonic faces kept appearing in the wood grain of the room's door. Sometimes the faces would also be found scratched angrily into the grain of the wood. Officials would point the finger at the students. They had to have done this, right? But the residents of the dorm always said they had nothing to do with it. So this began a cycle of the university coming in, removing the door, and then replacing it with a new one. But those demonic faces kept reappearing every single time. Again, the university kept assuming it was a student doing this, vandalizing, and kept replacing the door, but those tortured faces kept reappearing each time. And this went on for a while. Call after call, complaint after complaint, from one terrified student after another. Until eventually, the university feared another student would end up dead in the room. So they sealed it shut forever. Officials concluded that no student could live peacefully in room 428. Enough was enough. But as you'll hear, shutting the door didn't stop the activity. It was only really just a band-aid for a much bigger issue. And now a quick word from today's sponsors. You're back with Avery After Dark. So room 428 is sealed up, shut. You can't even step inside if you wanted to. But what about rooms 427 and 429? What about the rooms surrounding it? Aren't they being affected by this? And the answer is yes. The activity in Wilson Hall continued. Students to this very day talk about the strange things they experience living in Wilson Hall. Notably, hearing unexplained footsteps and noises coming from room 428 at all hours of the day and night. These noises coming from a locked, sealed shut room. Hmm. Whatever was happening in room 428, the haunting seems to have spilled out into the rest of the building as well. Shadowy, ghostly figures are often seen roaming the halls of the dorm. Students who live in Wilson Hall frequently report strange occurrences in other rooms as well. Residents said, quote, Things will scratch at our door, and things will fall off the shelves on their own. Students report their drawers and their rooms will fly open. Closet doors swing open aggressively on their own accord. TVs and microwaves randomly shut off, then turn back on. One story from a former resident at Wilson Hall is so chilling. You gotta hear this. One night, a female resident said she set her alarm for 3 a.m. Her roommate was heading out to some parties for the evening, so she set her alarm so she could wake up and make sure her roommate got home safely. That night, she drifted off to sleep, and as she set, at 3 a.m., her alarm went off. She opened up her eyes, looked over at her roommate's bed, and saw two feet sticking out from underneath her roommate's blanket. Oh, her roommate was home, she thought. So she flipped over and went back to sleep. The next morning, she awoke to her roommate opening the door and walking back into their dorm room. She said, hey, when did you leave? Where'd you go? Her roommate paused for a second, then replied, That was the first time that she had been back in the room since she left the night before. Oh, so whose feet were those? Isn't that disturbing and spooky? 
I don't know if I would last another night there. And also, what a nice roommate. I feel like we talk about so many instances of friends not checking up on each other on this podcast. And here she is setting an alarm right in the middle of her REM cycle to make sure her partying roommate makes it home okay. That is a good roommate. But yeah, these kinds of occurrences happen quite frequently in Wilson Hall. Many believe through research that Wilson Hall was built on the grounds of an Indian cemetery and the spirits here are of that origin. Spiritual experts claim that the geography of the area, with the layout of peaks, mountains, and valleys, makes the spot very conducive to psychic energy. Another chilling finding. When you look at Wilson Hall on a map, the building is apparently located in the middle of an immense pentagram consisting of five cemeteries in the area. The pentagram is the ancient occult symbol of power and magic. Also strange because it was rumored that that pentagram was found etched into room 428. It's also been debated that Wilson Hall sits atop a plot of graves originally part of the Ridges Cemetery Grounds. What is the Ridges, you may ask? The Ridges was another name for the Athens Lunatic Asylum. The former asylum was built in 1868, and today the building actually belongs to Ohio University and is used as a museum, an auditorium, offices, and several classrooms. To understand ridges, you have to understand what went down there. From 1874 to 1993, this facility was used for people with all kinds of mental illnesses, or should I say what they classified as a mental illness back then. The first patient to be admitted was a 14-year-old girl with epilepsy. Her parents thought she was possessed by a demon, and they locked her up there. Sadly, cases like this were the norm. Back in the day, families would send their loved ones to insane asylums for many reasons, such as asthma, dog bite, a fall from a horse, female disease, and on that note, quote, imaginary female trouble fever, grief, and wait for it, indigestion, indigestion. I mean, there are full-blown lists of dozens of reasons that someone could be committed back then, but those were just a couple that I found extremely ignorant. But back in that time period, if you really had any type of issue you were dealing with, you were kind of seen as an embarrassment to your family, so they would drag you to an insane asylum like Ridges, where you had to live out your years. And since the asylum opened, the number of patients increased over the years. Civil War vets, rebellious teenagers, homeless, elderly people, and even violent criminals were brought to Ridges. It quickly became overcrowded and rumors swirled about the treatment of patients there. And as you can imagine, parts of the facility still hold the shadows, stains, and spirits of those former patients who frequently suffered violent treatments there, such as lobotomies. In December 1978, a patient named Margaret Schilling went missing. And a month later, her body was found by a maintenance worker inside Ridges. It's said that a clear imprint of her hair, body, and dress is still visible on the floor where she was found, despite the area being cleaned repeatedly. I saw the photo. I kind of wish I hadn't, though. There are a total of three cemeteries on the premises, and nearly 2,000 were buried here. Many of the patients who were impoverished or families did not claim them 
were buried in the potter's field, which is where they would bury unclaimed individuals. At one point in the cemetery, the graves supposedly formed a circle, which was rumored to be a meeting place for witches. I mean, the more you hear, the more it makes sense how haunted this place is, right? But overall, many believe the spirits of these souls who were treated so unfairly in life could be some of the ghosts and energy felt around campus after their death. And it's felt all around campus. The entire university is haunted. I'd be remiss if we didn't cover some of the haunted spots on campus, so let's get into them. There's another building on campus not far from Wilson Hall named Jefferson Hall. It opened in 1958 and was used as a dining hall and a dorm for female students. One day in 1996, a group of students were exploring the attic in Jefferson when they came across a door to an unused room that was usually closed, but it was wide open. They looked inside and saw a woman sitting at a desk in a dark corner of the room. She was dressed very conservatively in clothing that seemed to be something from the 1950s. The students said she looked like an elementary school teacher. The students greeted her and said, hi. But when they looked down, they were startled to see the woman was floating and slightly transparent. Needless to say, the students ran out of there like nobody's business and frantically grabbed an RA. When they all went back up to show this RA, they found that not only was the door now closed, the room was locked. The RA ran and got a key, and when they finally got into the room, they found it completely empty. No sign of anyone being there. The woman was gone. Come to find out, that room was not used as any kind of office and had been empty for years. There used to be a caretaker of the hall whose job was to look after the place, and many believed that that was her ghost, still continuing to do her job in the afterlife. And there's a lot of activity in that building. Lights will flicker on and off. Toilets will flush on their own. People will walk into the bathroom to find toilet paper all over the floor. It completely unraveled on its own. But above all, one of the most common complaints of the building is the marble sound. From reports, folks say that all of a sudden, it'll sound like someone is dropping hundreds of marbles on the floor above you, even when you're on the top floor. The sounds will come from the attic, which only administration has access to. A quick break from the spookiness. Now a word from today's sponsors. You're back with Avery After Dark. Here's another chilling one. This story really gets me. You got to hear this. On April 11th, 1993, a student named Laura was sitting on her window on the fourth floor of her dorm in Crawford Hall. Tragically, she lost her balance and fell to her death. That following spring of 1994, residents began reporting strange experiences in Crawford Hall. Lights would turn on and off by themselves. Items would disappear and then reappear several days later. And then things got stranger. Late one afternoon, a male resident lay down to take a nap. It was early spring, so that soft fading light from outside barely illuminated the room. His roommate was set to return soon, so he left the door cracked and turned off the lights. He drifted off to sleep, but not long after, he was awakened by his door opening and the bright light from the dorm's hallway pouring into the room. He looked up and saw a young woman standing in the doorway, her silhouette illuminated by the light coming from behind her. 
She slowly entered the room and then calmly sat next to him on his bed. She then very softly said, I'm sorry, I've woken you. The resident assured her that it was okay, but it was like the woman wasn't even listening to him. She seemed to kind of be in her own world. She then got up, slowly walked out of his room, and closed the door behind her. This guy was somewhat confused. He was sure that he knew everyone that lived in the dorm. It was the spring semester, so he had lived there for a while. But he had never seen this woman before. He went to talk with his RA and told the RA about what happened. He swore up and down that he had never seen this woman before. And although the encounter was strange, he felt perfectly calm when she was there. No fear. She was a peaceful presence. As he described this woman in the clothing that she was wearing, the RA was stunned. The woman he was describing was Laura, who had fallen to her death exactly one year before in that very building. The next haunted spot we have is Washington Hall, and it's haunted by an entire basketball team. Well, actually, maybe two. Yes, you heard me correctly. A entire roster of ghosts. There's two versions of the story. Years ago, it said the girls' basketball team was in a terrible and fatal bus accident and now haunts a part of the building, a hallway in particular. And the second account is that the men's basketball team haunts the top floor, which used to be used as the hall's recreational room. Last, but certainly not least, is the Convocation Center, and it's rumored to be haunted by quite a few ghosts in particular. One, an RA who was killed by a boyfriend and is said to roam the halls at night, looking after her residents and protecting them all these years later. Another spirit is that of a student who mysteriously died in their sleep one night. This ghost reportedly likes to embrace students as they sleep at night. Dorm residents say they have woken up to someone holding on to them. So I think you can see it isn't just Wilson Hall. The entire university is riddled with strange stories, unexplainable events, and some pretty stunning supernatural activity. Maybe the spiritualists are right. Maybe the land, the area that the university sits on is prone to supernatural psychic activity. From the possibility of being built on Indian burial ground to formerly housing a horribly inhumane psych ward, this place has some major energy, no doubt. I spoke about Haunted Room 428 in a TikTok I did recently and compared it to the feeling of Dudley Town. If you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and add it to your watch list. But these two remind me so much of each other. Just one paranormal event after another until eventually the area has to be closed off. Dudley Town is closed off to the public because of the infamous Dudley curse, just as Room 428 has been closed off. Do you think the land there is cursed as well? Let me know what places and cases and haunts you want to see next. I gotta say, I love getting suggestions from you all. Some of my favorite episodes have been your recommendations. If you dig this podcast and Avery After Dark, if you'd be so kind to leave a nice review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And to all of you sweet people who have left reviews so far, thank you. You mean the world to me. Share this podcast and Avery After Dark with your mystery and spooky-loving friends, family, and coworkers. And if you want all these episodes ad-free, join the Avery After Dark Patreon. Until next episode, avoid room 428. Don't trust any feet you see sticking out from under a blanket. 
And this is Avery After Dark.